Hello, friends. My name is Owen Mastarevich, and you're listening to the first ever episode of my first podcast, The Song Share Wisdom System. In this podcast, I write and record a song with another musician, and we catalog the process and talk about it and play what we made. I hope you enjoy this first episode. Ryan was an amazing guest, and I'm really happy with the song that we created. Enjoy. Now we need a verse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like that so far. I don't know if you could hear. Like, I, on my end, we were jamming. Me and my guest Ryan Orta made a song a few weeks ago. And you're currently hearing that songwriting session that we conducted over Zoom. This is the Songshare Wisdom System. My name is Owen Mysterovich. There are many, many songwriters out there in the world. And every songwriter writes songs differently. Arthur Russell writes his songs on the cello. Stevie Wonder writes his on the keyboard. Joni Mitchell is known for playing and writing on the acoustic guitar. But something that's unique about her is her use of alternate guitar tunings instead of playing in standard tuning. This tuning forces her to think about the guitar in a completely different way, and it completely shapes how the song turns out. And it's not just the instrument that shapes a song. Of course, it's also reliant on the person writing the song. And every person has a completely different set of knowledge, experiences, and a different understanding of music. All I'm getting at is that every songwriter is unique. There isn't just one way of doing it. There's trillions of ways of doing it. My goal with this podcast is to explore how different people create music. Especially when it comes to collaborating with me. This week, me and my guest Ryan Orda dove into the depths of our own sonic consciousness and pulled out a weirdo pop psychedelic noise fever dream. And honestly, I'm not surprised. Ryan Orda is known in the Chicago DIY scene for busting out his fair share of noisy post-punk guitar solos. Back in the days before the pandemic, I saw Ryan's band Lenny a bunch. Even in the coldest of Chicago winter nights, seeing Lenny was totally worth it. What can I say? They're just a really powerful three-piece that brings a lot of punk energy to the stage. It's really my kind of thing. Ryan's guitar cuts rhythmically along to Taylor's ultra-groovy bass playing, and the thing that tops it all off about Lenny's style is the simple yet perfect punk beats made by the drummer, Abby. Ryan has a very unique style of songwriting. He comes from the school of power-pop songwriting. Big Star, The Cars, Teenage Fan Club, Fountains of Wayne, Cheap Trick, and most of all, Weezer. But this all started somewhere, and me and Ryan share a similar musical origin. Yeah, I feel like School of Rock came out in uh, like fifth grade for me. So like, yeah, that's we've talked about this before. That was the, the catalyst for most 
musicians our age. It's a common story for people our age. School of Rock, Led Zeppelin, buying a Squire guitar plus amp starter kit and sticking it to the man. But in the end, you're just going to lose big time because the world is run by the man. Who? The man. Oh, you don't know the man. Really, me and Ryan have a lot in common. I think that's why collaborating with him ended up being such a smooth and really a super fun experience. So let's just jump right into it. Do you remember what the first track was? I think it was, uh, well, you made the, the um, drums and then we, I was playing guitar to figure out what the tempo was and how you were making the beat. So I think you combined like two different things for that drum machine, right? Yeah, it was three samples that I had. Just a kick, snare, and a hi-hat, I think. And then we had this intro riff. Yeah, I think we were trying to like jam on this over Zoom initially, and it's impossible to jam over Zoom. But somehow we like got it synced up where uh, you like caught up to the lag when you're playing it. So I think that's kind of how we wrote this part, <laughs> going off Zoom lag. Then I basically just added a few little synth percussive plops, and that made up the intro. Wait, didn't it all start with that voice memo that you made? Oh man, I have no, I have a recording on uh, Logic, I could find that. That guitar riff that Ryan wrote when he woke up that morning became the basis of the next part of the song. Keep in mind that this song isn't really structured in any normal way. We recorded a very segmented, so we started with like, um, we started with just that guitar riff, and then uh, you had the drum machine. And then we thought you had to have an intro part to this. So then we had that intro verse part. And then from there, it didn't turn into a normal structure <laughs> like it could have. And we just kept building it. Uh, I think working like little segment by segment was a new thing that came out of working over Zoom. So we had these two different guitar riffs. We decided to do one of our favorite things. And that's gluing two riffs together to make two different sections. Now a song is forming. I laid down a drum take. I recorded the drums in my apartment. They were super muted, but still, sorry neighbors. But hey, I think they turned out pretty cool anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a, like a studio kit. So this second section is basically just drums, guitar, some synth bass, and a little acoustic. The acoustic guitar is like a really nice transitional element that continues to the next part. Yeah, I like how it continues into the next section. It helps cover up the fact that these riffs barely work together. But this was kind of a scary moment, because at this point we had recorded exactly half a song, and the pressure was on. But it was also like, let's just embrace the nonsense structure of the song. I think there was a point, like halfway, where we, where we realized the song. Like, we kind of saw where it was going, and I think we started getting excited about it. Yeah, and this is where things got really weird, but also really cool yeah it comes out nowhere I love the films for they started to talk 
Murmur of the past A broadcast close enough That is such a weird pitch shift vocal part But honestly, I love it And I just love how it sits in the mix Just under the vocal It just kind of sits in the back, I like it we did the pitch shifting in the mixing process, but Ryan, was this idea on your mind before then? It was. I, I think that was my idea all along, was to have this weird section. Because I, I knew that the song was going in a weird direction. I, I don't think it called for like dry vocals. Before we even wrote or recorded music, the first thing we did was a couple of word exercises to get the lyrics flowing. It definitely got uh, put me in a different headspace, I'd say. And then definitely lyrics. I just started looking at that when I was writing the lyrics. Yeah, it was nice that we each had written a little database of words and phrases that we could go to when we needed lyrics. I'm not going to analyze the lyrics that we made for this song. This episode really isn't about that. Sometimes lyrics and vocal parts are merely meant to be just instruments in a song. I think that's the case with this song. It's not like we were editing lines over and over to make the perfect set of lyrics. We sang what we had in the moment. Do the lyrics make sense? Not really, although you can probably find meaning in them. But do they serve the song? I really think they do. And then on top of the vocals, there's the, the organelle, which is the, I think the only, so that, every other synth is on your end because you have all the synth toys. And then, but I have my one little, little toy synth and that's following the vocal melody. The device Ryan is talking about, the organelle, it's this weird little open source synth meaning anyone can write and design patches that you can then download off the internet. I think the organelle parts sound really good with the little cello sounding synth part that I added. I like that this section just flips everything on its head. It really works with the other sections, but it kind of feels like a different song in a lot of ways too. At this point, we still need one more section for the song to feel complete. This seemed like the perfect chance to bring back that rock riff from the verse. Yeah, that was definitely a, a seed that you planted to like just make it like a new song, like kind of write a bunch of mini songs and combine them together. I, and I thought that's where we were going to go with it. I thought we were just going to keep going, adding little songs. But then we brought back the riff, and I think that's what uh, kind of gave it the weird structure that it ended up with. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember wanting to bring the guitar part back in. And I think I just went for it. I wanted, I wanted the live drums to come back in. And when we brought back the riff and the drums, we sort of expanded on it and let the guitar shine in this section. Ryan and I each added our own rhythm guitar track on top of the main riff. The guitars interplay with each other in a really strange way. Their guitar part that comes in is like doesn't really uh, they're like not the same but they just they do one of these which you can't see in a podcast by the way ryan is interlocking his fingers together to show how intertwined the guitars feel we're taking our hands and we're just doing one of these but another thing that adds to this tight groove is the drums and i, I don't think you recorded drums again because it was too late at that point so then i don't really know what you did but you copied what you had yeah, we copied and pasted the drums over the new section, but it sounded different. Yeah, and then it was like two measures off of the drum machine. Which you would think that would sound terrible, and really it was a complete mistake. But I would have to say that I really liked it a lot.
And then what was what's giving it that like noise? Is that's the bass synth again? Yeah, I was using this old multivox bass combo electric piano. It's not fancy like a Fender Rhodes electric piano. It basically just creates a simple piano synth sound. But I ran that through a filter and some distortion and just turned the filter knob and voila. so much when we uh, were talking about how to end the song I know we didn't want it to fade out we wanted it to explode at this point the song was starting to feel done but the song still really needed vocals and we both agreed that it really needed a crazy build-up noise ending so me and Ryan split off for a bit he worked on a noisy delay guitar solo and I made some reverby backup vocals I looked at my piece of paper filled with phrases that I randomly took from the pages of various books. God doubled over was the first line I saw. I immediately came up with a melody for some ethereal backup vocals. Ryan then added a sort of call and response melody. I felt great. And then... Yeah, my computer crashed. It was at the end of the day, like midnight. So it was the next day, your computer decided enough. It was bad timing for sure. Luckily, about 30 minutes before, we had bounced a good rough mix that we could still listen to for reference. But we weren't able to add any of the noise tracks that we recorded or the backup vocals, even though I had been saving periodically the entire time. For some reason, my dad decided to delete all of my saves, and there was no way to recover the session files. Like you had a total uh, shift, and I mean, it was also very late. But you just looked like your soul died. <laughs> it kind of did, honestly. But good news is the audio files didn't delete, which was a relief. All that we had to do was place everything back in the DAW. But as you know, the way that we recorded this song didn't exactly make that easy. This ended our 13-hour day of recording, and we couldn't even hear what the finished song sounded like at the end of the day. I went to bed frustrated, but excited to put it all back together and hear what we had made. The next day, over about three hours, I was able to retrieve all of the files and put them back in their spots. This also gave me a chance to hear all the tracks separately, and it just gave me a new look at the song. Ryan and I did two days of mixing because I think we both just felt really passionate about it. And after layering effects and processing all the instruments, we arrived at a mix that we both felt really great about. Here is God Doubled Over.
just a broadcast close enough Life worth reliving and giving it up God answered past a forecast looking Find Ryan's band Lenny on Bandcamp, Spotify, and all other streaming services. Just type Lenny is cool. That is spelled I-Z, so Lenny I-Z cool. Search that up on whatever streaming service you use, and check out their fabulous new album Suck. I also encourage you to buy their album Suck on Bandcamp. This has been a tough year on everyone, but it's been especially tough for musicians. Not being able to tour or play shows has cut off the income stream of nearly every working musician. I know Lenny, and I know how hard they worked on this record, and it sounds fantastic. So please visit lennyizcool.bandcamp.com. You can also find my band Paddlefish on Bandcamp and all the other streaming services as well. We just put out a record called Flyer. It was really a labor of love, and if you liked any of what you heard today, then you should check it out. You can find Flyer and our other albums at paddlefish.bandcamp.com. For more info about this podcast, you can go to my Instagram, which is owe.ny, and you can also check out aluminumboyrecords.com. We released this podcast through... Aluminum Boy Records, which is a label that I started with my dad. So please check that out. Thank you for listening. I'm Owen Mastarevich.